Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. I want to pick up from where I left. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. Glory to God. From verse 23, the Bible says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you speak to us again today as we delve deeper in your word. I pray for revelation. I pray for power. I pray for your anointing upon my life to preach, to teach, to prophesy, to pronounce, and to proclaim your word to the hearing of your people. Let their hearts be open to receive what you have for them today and for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've been looking at the sermon series, The Scope of a Shift, and my subtopic has been inner well-being. Somebody say inner well-being. Say it again, inner well-being. And we discovered that God wants us to experience health, not just in our physical bodies, but also in our inner being. Because the prosperity of the soul completes the circle of prosperity in us. We discovered that God wants us to prosper in all things and be in health even as our soul prospers. So our inner health is important to God. Our inner health is very, very important. If you're not healed inwardly, it is impossible for you to shift to the next level. And we looked at the causes of inner turmoil. What causes us to have bleeding inside? What breaks us inside? What causes us to be sick inside and one of them was sin somebody say sin the second one was personal decisions somebody say personal decisions if you're not here go to youtube and you can watch that someone i want to continue from there and give you number three number four and number five so number three is upbringing our upbringing you see behavioral patterns one's mentality and beliefs are modeled by the family environment. How you think, how you filter issues, how you react to issues um, has been molded by your upbringing. For example, children who are raised in abusive family grow up with internal conflict. Children who come from dysfunctional homes have issues, internal issues. If there was manipulation, if there was domestic violence, if there was mistreatment, there was no love, nobody affirmed them, nobody told them that they were, um, they were great, they were wonderful, and they had a brighter future. Some of these children grow up with a warped mind. They grow up with a lot of internal uh, conflict. Dysfunctional homes, ladies and gentlemen, produce broken men and women. Let me say that again. Dysfunctional homes produce broken men and 
women. They grow up, but something is wrong. The wiring is wrong. Something is wrong inside of them. Inwardly, they are bleeding. Inwardly, they are broken because they missed a very important ingredient in their lives as they were growing up. Let me take you to a biblical example. We all know King David. Everybody knows King David, right? David never grew up in a very good home. You know, David must have grown up in a hostile, you know, environment. His family did not think highly of him. And I'm talking about his biological family. Uh, when Prophet Samuel came to anoint a king, you know, in Jesse's house, what did Jesse do? He produced, you know, the, the, the sons that he thought will make a king. He only brought the sons that he thought had the leadership capacity to be able to lead, you know, Israel. And then uh, when God rejected all these sons, you know, it was like the father was done. It took the intervention of Samuel for David to be brought, you know, from the field. In 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 11, Samuel asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Because as far as Jesse was concerned, he was done. D D David was not, you know, someone that he thought would lead the nation of Israel. And so Samuel asked him, you know, are, are these all the sons you have? And then he said, there is still the youngest. He is standing the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. You can see the father's, you know, thinking about David. He thought, this guy, he's the youngest. And I don't think he has leadership potential in him. I don't think he can lead the nation of Israel. The best thing he can do is to take care of the sheep. So he grew up in an, in an environment that, you know, never really thought highly of him. Even his father never thought that he could actually be a king. So David in this instance was an afterthought. He was not his father's choice. He was an afterthought. Later on, when his father sent him to go and take lunch to his brothers in the valley of Elah, remember his brothers were the ones in Saul's army and they were fighting you know, together with Saul against Goliath. And you can see that even David was not allowed to join the army. Yet David had done some amazing things as a small boy. David had killed a lion. Isn't it true? David had killed a bear. And they never thought that David could actually be uh, a soldier. And so they didn't even recruit him into Saul's army. It is the brothers of David that were in that army. And so the father sent David with lunch to take to his brothers in the valley of Elah where there was a stalemate. Of course, they were being faced by Goliath, and Goliath was this huge giant that despised and mocked the Israelites. And Goliath told them, look, there is no need of all of us fighting. Just bring me a man. Pick a man from your side, you know, to fight me. If I defeat him, you know, you become our servants. If he defeats me, we become, you know, your servants. And nobody was willing to step forward to fight Goliath because the guy was huge. He was a giant. The guy was massive. I mean, if you look at his size, Goliath was intimidating. Saul was not able to fight him. The brothers of David were scared. 
They were hiding in their tents. And so when David came, you know, to this valley of Elah, one of his brothers was not amused to see him. One of his brothers started castigating him. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 28. His name is Eliab. And Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Then he said, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. In other words, he was telling David, you are a cheeky boy. You have come to see how we are being humiliated, you know, in the valley of Elah. So you can see that he was surrounded with hostility. David, as a young boy, was surrounded with hostility. Now, later on, after he killed Goliath, he ended up in... He ended up in um, he ended up in the palace, and you can see that he thought he would find uh, love in the palace, but also Saul was after his life. So this guy was always, you know, dodging and ducking, you know, uh, uh, fiery darts that were shot against him. He was always in a defensive mode to try and protect himself because he was not surrounded by very nice people. So your upbringing, ladies and gentlemen, can uh, afflict your soul. How you were raised, the discrimination you went through, you know, the difficulty that you went through as you were growing up can inflict, you know, your soul with a lot of wounds. And there are many, many people who are nursing wounds from their upbringing. You just need to sit with some people and they will tell you how their upbringing has twisted them, how their upbringing has changed them. How their upbringing has introduced wounds in their soul. How their upbringing was tough. How they were intimidated as they were growing up. How there was uh, a lot of name calling, you know, in their family as they were growing up. The domestic violence, the abandonment, all these things. People have horrendous stories about their stepfathers. Okay, stepmothers. I think that makes sense to many of us. Stepmothers, your mother died. Your father married another woman who came to the home and that marked the beginning of your suffering. She was really nasty. She was a wicked woman. She made your life very difficult. I understand your silence this morning. So when you sit with people, they can give you stories, you know, stories of neglect, stories of desertion, stories of discrimination. And all these experiences as they were growing up, they left them broken. Some even contemplated suicide. Because a place where they were supposed to find love, a place where they were supposed to find acceptance is the very place where they met hostility. They experienced hatred. They were abandoned. They were mistreated, and they felt like life is not worth living. Now, when you are preoccupied with such a nasty upbringing, it is very difficult sometimes to progress. It's very difficult sometimes even to work with people because now you feel like you can't trust anyone. There are people who can't trust anybody because of their upbringing. It is very difficult for some of them even to be entrusted with their responsibility because, you know, they have... 
I mean, they, they don't feel like they should leave. They are full of anger, anger, and they are full of bitterness inside of them. Some of them is even difficult to love them. Or there is also difficult for them to love, you know, people. But I like what David did. When you look at verse 30 of 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 30, as Eliab was busy castigating, you know, David, you know, insulting him and throwing all these words, negative words towards him, the Bible says he turned from him toward another. David shifted his attention from Eliab. David shifted his eyes from Eliab. He refused to let his brother's hatred stop him from seizing a moment that was meant to propel him to national recognition. He refused, you know, to be weighed down by the words of Eliab. He refused to succumb to discouragement, you know, that was coming from his elder brother. He refused to give in to, you know, all this mockery that his brother was spewing towards him. The Bible says he turned from him toward another. I believe David says that this was his Kairos moment. I believe David says that this was his opportune moment for something great to take place in his life. And I need to let somebody know this morning, like David, you can switch your attention. Like David, you can just make a, a switch. You, you can shift your eyes from, you know, the pain that you went through as you were growing up. You know, you can switch your eyes from the discrimination that you have carried all these years because of your upbringing. You, you can turn your attention from your past because there are opportunities that God is bringing your way that are meant to shift you to the next level. Who am I preaching to this morning? Look at your neighbor and tell them, shift your attention from your nasty past. Because I have a feeling that this is a Kairos moment for someone. It might not be everybody in this service, but I feel like God has sent me to specific people here to let you know that if you can shift your attention from your nasty upbringing, you will tap into your Kairos moment that will propel you to the next level. Can I hear an amen in this house? All of us, there is a Kairos moment around us. All of us, there is an opportune moment around us. But the moment, but the reason why we don't really maximize on our current Kairos moments is because we are preoccupied with our nasty past. We are preoccupied with our upbringing. We are preoccupied with the pain from our past. But this morning, I was sent to tell you, just like David turned from his mockers, he turned to another. I, I prophesy over your life that if you can just turn from your past, Turn your attention from the pain in your past and shift your focus towards a different direction. You will tap into your Kairos moment that will propel you forward. Can I hear an amen in this house? Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, verse 13 to 14, One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. What is ahead is so much more than what is behind you. Mm. You didn't hear what I say. Can I say it again in Swahili? So that you may understand. Or in your mother tongue. <laughs> so that you may understand. 
I say what is ahead of you is so much more than what is behind. You can't keep on dwelling on your past. You can't keep on dwelling on how you were raised, what you didn't have, what you were not given. You can't keep on dwelling on where you were not taken to study. That if you went to this school, you could, you could have been a better person. Your past is gone and your past is your past. You cannot change your past. You cannot alter your past, but you can change your future. You can alter your future. You can determine where you're going. Can I hear a louder amen? Give somebody high five and tell them you can determine where you're going. My goodness, my goodness, I feel like preaching in this house. Stop blaming your father, now you're a grown-up. Stop blaming your kindergarten teacher, now you're 35 years old, for heaven's sake. It is time for you to chart a way forward for your life. And not only for your life, for your children. You must tell yourself that my past will not catch up with my children. My past will not catch up with my grandchildren. I am beginning a new chapter in my lineage. I'm opening a new page in my family. I'm going to set the tone for my family in the future in the name of Jesus. Forget one thing I do. Paul says, I forget those things which are behind and I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Tell your neighbor there are things ahead. Opportunities are ahead of you. Some doors are waiting for you to open them just ahead of you. Some levels are waiting for you to just shift your focus from your past and you begin to access those levels. Oh, you are yet to meet great people. I know your past is clouded by negative people who broke your heart, negative people who demeaned you, but let me tell you, there are people ahead of you. There are encouragers ahead of you. There are motivators ahead of you. And can I tell you, I am one of them. That's why I'm preaching to you today. To let you know that you can't fix your eyes on your past. It is time to move forward. Slap your neighbor and tell them it's time to press forward. Oh yes. It's time to press forward. Thank God for your father. He did what he could do with his limited resources. Thank God for your mother. She did what she could do with her limited resources. But now you are here. And by the way, you're not dead. After what you went through, the difficulty you went through, no food, no clothes, no shoes. You didn't go to a good school, but you are still here. It tells me you're made of steel. It tells me that God still has a purpose and a plan over your life. It tells me that you still have days that you need to do something with your life. You still have opportunities that are waiting for you. It is time to press. I say it is time to press. It is time to press forward. Hallelujah. Because that is the only thing that can make you shift to the next level. Number three. Hmm? Number? Number four. Another thing that <clears throat> that introduces inner turmoil is abusive experiences abusive experiences. Everybody deserves to be treated with dignity. 
I'll say that again. I say everybody deserves to be treated with dignity. Everybody deserves respect and honor. You see, when violation takes place, a heart is crushed. When abuse takes place, a soul is fragmented. When trust is broken, fear shows up. Because everybody deserves to be treated with dignity. You see, there are many people who have experienced abuse of unimaginable magnitude, atrocities of all kinds. We're talking about physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and even sexual abuse. Because most of the time when you talk about abuse, people only think about it in the sexual context. But you can be verbally abused. Yeah, somebody can cut you down verbally. You can be physically, you know, abused. You understand what I'm saying? You can also be emotionally abused. Somebody can toy, with your emo toy around with your emotions. Hmm? Raise your hopes. Then when you're up there, they leave you high and dry. Challenge is you never learn from the experience. You get another one again. I think you get to a place where you are addicted with highs. You just want somebody who can take you high. And they leave you up there. You have to come down by yourself. So people have suffered a lot of abuse. And ladies and gentlemen, what I've realized about abuse is not printed on our foreheads. You can't know somebody who is abused until they open up to you. You can't know that somebody has been assaulted until they open up to you because it's not printed on our faces. We are walking around with are working with broken people. People who've been abused, assaulted, atrocities have taken place in their lives and inwardly they're a shell. The story of, of Tama is a sad one. All of you know Tama. Tama was the half-sister of Amnon. She was a sister of Absalom. But when Amnon looked at Tama, this is his sister, when he looked at her, you know, he didn't see her as a sister, but he saw her as an object of sexual desire. And this was perverted desire. This was her own sister. Oh, sorry, this was his own sister. And when he looked at her, he desired her sexually. And so one day he met his cousin, who happened to be his friend. You know, you can have a cousin who is a friend to you. So they were very close. This was his cousin, but also he was his friend. And his cousin by the name Jonadab, the Bible says, was a very crafty man. And he asked Amnon, you know, why are you sad and thin? I mean, the guy was so sad and obsessed with sleeping with Amnon, oh, sorry, with Tama, until he started losing weight. You know, that is serious obsession. Why are you obsessed until you start losing weight? You really want somebody until you lose weight. You lose appetite. Somebody say, mercy. Have you ever desired somebody until you can't sleep? Please tell me the truth. 
Huh? Please, now it's confession time before I continue with my message. Have you really desired somebody until you lose your appetite? You just want to be with them. You don't even feel like food is working. Tell your neighbor, it's confession time before the message can continue. <laughs> Have you ever really desired somebody until you lose sleep? I, I need honest people in the house. Until you lose appetite for food. Or oh, the more you desire them, the more you eat. <laughs> to console yourself. Then you didn't really desire them. <laughs> this was desire on another level. Until the guy was thin. And Jonadab was asking him, why are you sad? And why are you thin? Then he said, I am in love with my sister. The guy was very honest. He told him, I am in love with my sister. And Jonathan, Jonathan, instead of correcting this young man, instead of rebuking this young man, instead of counseling this man and telling this man, you cannot have such a desire. You know, he gave him very wrong advice. He told him, I want you to pretend that you are sick. Pretend that you are sick and then tell your father David that this sickness that you have, Hmm? This kind of sickness you have. The only person who can minister to you while you are sick is Tama, your sister. And remember, David had many children. So the only person who can make you feel better, relieved of this sickness that you have, is Tama. He told that to his father, David, and David agreed to it because David was not suspecting anything. And when Tama was told, she, she didn't also suspect anything. Because she said, this is my brother. Isn't it? Yeah, it never crossed her mind. You know, there are things which never cross your mind. That's why when you talk about, you know, abusive experiences, they happen to you because you never imagined that this kind of thing can happen. Especially from this kind of a person. Are we together? Please, you're very quiet on me this morning. I don't know why. Are we together, somebody? It never crossed her mind. It never crossed the mind of the father. That such a thing can happen. So he was very quick to advise Tama to go and minister, you know, to the brother. So Tama went, a very nice, innocent, naive girl, beautiful girl. She goes to the brother's house. You know, maybe she was singing while she's, you know, making food for, for, for him. She actually, she, she, she actually baked a cake for him. And then when the cake was ready, she brought the cake to the brother Amnon. And the brother Amnon refused to eat. He said, I cannot eat when everybody is looking at me. He said, everybody get out of the house and leave me with my sister alone. So, of course, even the people who are there, it never crossed their mind that this guy can do such an evil thing. So they all left and went out. And then, you know, Amnon told the sister, bring the cake to the bedroom. I want to eat it in the bedroom. But Tama, no, this is my brother. So it never also crossed her mind. So she took, you know, the cake to the bedroom. Please, if, 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 if it's not your relative, don't go to the bedroom. It's a message within a message. Anyway, she took the food, she took the cake to the bedroom, and Amnon raped her. 
You can see, if you read the story, it's a very sad story because she even told this guy, look, if you really wanted me, you should have asked my father for permission because I don't think my father could have said no if you really wanted me. But the thing you want to do to me, it's wrong. It's, it's not even naturally acceptable. You know, but because the man was strong, the desire was strong, he overpowered, you know, Tama, and he was able to rape her. You see, my daughters, I want to encourage you to have some life skills. Do some karate. Huh? Lift, lift some weights a little bit. One day it will save you. You will hit somebody until he will pass out. Am I preaching to some people in this house? Have some skills for survival. Because we are surrounded with very wicked people. You understand what I'm saying? So that when you find yourself in such a position, you can fight. Hallelujah. Yeah, learn where to hit. It should be bullseye. One kick. <laughs> oh, the men are very quiet. Because I'm imagining if Tama was skillful, she could have saved herself. But after that, her life changed. This was not something she expected will happen to her. Her life changed. Second Samuel, chapter 13, verse 15. Let's see this story. Verse 15. Second Samuel, chapter 13, verse 15. Then Amnon, Amnon hated her. After sleeping, after raping her, he hated her. He hated her. He hated her because he knew that this relationship cannot continue. It is wrong. He hated her. You understand? And, and that's why it's very important for you to understand that if you put sex first in your relationship, you have cheapened your relationship. Sex does not come first. There are other things that come first. Yeah. F sex should be last, not first. The moment you put sex first, that relationship will never go far. You understand what I'm saying? Because if a man knows he can get you cheaply, he knows any other man will get you cheaply. Ooh. Ooh. Make it hard for him. Let him earn it. Let him fight for it. Let him fund it. Let him finance it. Let him beautify it. After you know that he has paid a price for it, then give him the ultimate price. If, if a man tells you, sleep with me, and it will show me that you love me, pack your lipstick, your handbag, and your Brazilian hair, and take off. Bible says he hated her. Moments ago, he wanted her. After he got what he wanted, he hated her exceedingly. Look at that. So that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, arise and be gone. I am done with you. What I wanted, I have gotten it. 
Verse 16, so she said to him, no indeed, this evil of sending me away is worse than the other that you did to me. You have already raped me. Now you are sending me away. I'm feeling very bad. This evil is worse. But he will not listen to her. Next verse. Then he called his servant who attended him and said, Here, put, he's not even saying my sister, put this woman out, away from me, and bolt the door behind her. That means she should never ever appear before me again. She should never access me again. Verse 18. Now she had on a robe of many colors. Look at how she was dressed. Beautifully, like the color, like the coat of many colors that Joseph had, isn't it? It's a coat of favor. She had a robe of many colors. She was favored. That's why when you read later on, you can see that Absalom took this act very, very personal. You know, very, very personal. And it was one of the things that really inflicted pain and a wound in his heart. You know, to think that his father did not respond accordingly to the atrocity that was meted on his sister. Now she had on a robe of many colors, which is favor for the king's virgin daughters was such apparel. So her, her, her virginity was broken by her own brother. Not her husband, her own brother. How do you live with that? How do you live with that? You see, sometimes it's, it's easier for people to say, oh, you'll be forgiven, you'll be fine. You, but let me tell you, how do you live with that? It leaves a scar. Yeah, it leaves a scar in your heart. That when you think about your virginity, which is your precious commodity, when you think about it, and you always dreamed that your husband should be the one to break it, that it's your own brother who broke it. You, you, you are very shy. It's like, what I'm saying is very nasty. But it is the Bible. And it's time we talk about these things. Because we are keeping quiet, yet there is a mess in our families. There is incest in our families. We need to talk about these things. Praise the Lord. I am telling you, many families, there's a lot of incest. Yeah, cousins are firing each other. Brothers and sisters are firing each other. Yeah, I know of a story of a, 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 a boy, a man, is it a boy, a son, or a son, who slept with his his, his, his father's second wife. I think second wife or third wife. Because the father brought a young girl. <laughs> and him he said, she cannot be my mother. <laughs> and his servant put her out and bolted the door behind her. I feel sorry for Tama. Verse 19. Then Tama put ashes. Look at her now. Something has changed in her life. This is not the bubbly, you know, beautiful girl who was running to, to Amnon's house to go and minister to him. Something has changed. Something has broken. Something has been destroyed. Then Tama put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors. She said, I feel like even walking naked. What am I covering? My nakedness has been exposed already. She tore her robe of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and wept, went away crying bitterly. Verse 20. 
And Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now, hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this thing to heart. So Tamar remained desolate. Somebody say desolate. Shout it louder, desolate. I can't hear you. Shout it louder, desolate. She remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. She couldn't go back to her house anymore. That word desolate means the following. I just want to dig deeper so that you can see how broken this lady was. Desolate means deserted. Desolate means abandoned. Desolate means neglected. She felt all alone. Nobody was on her side. The servants were not on her side. Amnon was not on his side. She, left, she felt desolate. Desolate also means joyless. Her joy went out of the window. That's why she put ashes on her head. She was mourning. She was crying. She was weeping. She was full of sorrow. Desolate also means dilapidated. An impression of bleak emptiness. She felt like what was very precious in her life, the bargaining chip in her life had been taken away by someone who doesn't even deserve it. In Swahili, she felt like a mechapa. What was precious, her bargaining power had been taken away. Desolate also means devoid of warmth, comfort, or hope. This experience, ladies and gentlemen, changed her. She was crestfallen, she was devastated, and inconsolable. That's why she went away crying and weeping and putting ashes on her head. Those days when people used to mourn, they could put ashes on their head. I believe some people can relate with what Tama went through. There are people who have been victims of rape. There are people who have been victims of sexual abuse. There are people who have been victims of unspoken violations. They struggle in the secret. They cry alone in the night. They weep. They are depressed. And they're grappling with a lot of shame. For some, they have been violated by a relative or a trusted friend or even a parent, a teacher, and some even a pastor. Mercy. You went for counseling. In a pastor's house. And the pastor said, your issue is serious. Come to my bedroom. And the pastor violated you. Look, what I'm saying is true. It is happening in our world today. There are members who have been violated by their pastors. Hmm? Or the pastor tells you, I want to anoint, I want to transfer the anointing direct. You know what direct transfer of the anointing means? I cannot go deeper than that. Someone you trusted. Someone you never thought could do that to you. A friend that you trusted came and stabbed you in the back. Huh? Some of you even brought a relative to live with you in your home. And your relative seduced your husband. 
is quiet. You never thought it could happen. A friend you trusted for many years violated your children. I've been a pastor. I can give you stories upon stories upon stories upon stories of the violations that we have in our world today. So Tama is not alone. There are many people who are like Tama today. You know, in my line of duty, sometimes I visit children's homes. We have a children's home here that we have adopted. But I remember I've gone to several children's homes and when I am told stories of what some of those children have gone through, how they had to be um, snatched from such an environment. I mean, horrendous stories, I'm telling you. Horrendous stories. I remember there's a child who was telling us, she was, I think, 14 or 13, a girl, you know. The father chased the mother. And after chasing the mother, the father turned her into a wife. Horrendous stories. And she had to run away and go to her children's home. You go there and hear stories, you'll be surprised. There is wickedness in this world. Terrible wickedness in this world. That's why I believe God wants us, you know, to have stable families. Very stable families. And to have stable minds as well. Look here, if God has given you a family, you have to protect that family. You have to protect those two because we have predators lacking around the corner. Yeah. When you, you are looking at your daughter and you are saying, Abuju, Buju, Buju, somebody is looking at your daughter with different eyes. They are not seeing Abuju, Buju, Buju. They are not seeing those chicks. They are seeing something else. When you are looking at your son and you are saying, Oh, my handsome prince. <laughs> some of them, some people are looking at your son differently. So we have to protect our families. If you are a father, you have to protect your daughters. You have to protect your children. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because there is danger lacking around us. There are wicked people who want to molest our children. And I pray that your children will not be molested. Your children will be protected. You, you see, you, I, I expected you to shout a very loud amen because you're very passionate about what I'm saying. Yes, your children will not be molested. Your children will not be abused. Nobody will take advantage of your children in the name of Jesus. You think you're taking your children to school and one of the teachers is a predator, is a pedo, is a pedophile. And keeps giving your children extra homework so that your children can be going to the staff room late in the evening before they go home. And the pedophile is waiting for your child. Then tells your child, never tell anybody. That's why some children, by the time you're discovering what has happened to them, it has been months or years. Because they were told, if you say it, I will kill you. And we have people who have grown up with all these wounds inside of them. They can't say they can't tell anyone. They are ashamed to say it. Because sometimes it's a relative who did it. Sometimes it's an uncle who did it. Some uncles are wicked, I'm telling you. Very wicked. 
Look, your silence will not shut me down. I'll go deeper. Some uncles are wicked. If you're here, you are an uncle, please be a good uncle. In the name of Jesus. Wicked people. And these things introduce wounds in our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are surrounded by broken people. We are surrounded with people who are bleeding. They have become desolate. But I'm glad you're in this service this morning to hear me preach to you that you don't have to remain in your desolation. You can jump out of it. You can come out of it in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder? Amen. Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 4. Tell your neighbor, this is my prophecy. Oh, I didn't hear you. Tell your neighbor, this is my prophecy. Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 4. What does the Bible say? You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land anymore be termed desolate, but you shall be called Hifzibah, and your land Beulah, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. Hibziba simply means my delight is in her. So even if you went through an experience that made you desolate, because when you're desolate, you feel like you're not loved or you're not lovable. God tells you from today, he's changing your name. You'll be called Hibziba, which means my delight is in her. Beula means bride or married. You know, I'm imagining how Tama felt. She felt nobody can marry me if they hear my story. Nobody, you know, will want to uh, associate with me if they hear my story. In fact, maybe if I share my story, uh, somebody will turn the story around and they will say, I'm the one who went to seduce my brother. You know, the way people can turn things around. Have you ever, have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you are the victim? But this other person turns, you know, the story around to make them a victim, you know, of the pain that you're going through. But even if you're like Tama, you felt like, you know, or you feel like you're not attractive anymore. You feel like you can never bounce back from that situation. You feel like nobody can love you. Nobody can accept you. Nobody can believe you. But I came to tell you that God is in the business of changing names. May God change your name this morning. Can I hear louder? Amen. May God give you a new name. May God give you new beauty. Beauty for every ash in your life. Beauty for every brokenness in your life. I prophesy that you'll be lovable again. I prophesy that your dignity is coming back. I prophesy you'll be clothed with honor one more time. Shout a louder. Amen. I prophesy that your respect is coming back, your honor is coming back, your beauty is coming back, shout a louder amen, and I prophesy you will get married, you will have a wonderful family, you will raise up wonderful children, you will be joyful and happy, because it's the doing of the Lord, and it is marvelous in our side. If you believe it, shout a louder amen. I declare that every desolation in this house, may God turn it around in your favor in the name of Jesus. 
every tama, every man that is broken, every woman that is broken, every person that went through what tama went through, you are abused, you are taken advantage of. I prophesy, may God turn your fortunes around. May God change your name in the name of Jesus. May he remove the shame and may he clothe you with honor in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and give God a shout of victory in the house. Glory. Sit down, I give you the last one. Number five. What introduces inner wounds is demeaning words. Demeaning words. Whoever came up with this phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. They lied. Tell your neighbor, it's a big fat lie. It's a lie. Words, <laughs> words, especially demeaning words, they wreck lives. They destroy lives. You know, demeaning words afflict the soul. And they damage one's self-esteem. You know, sometimes I, I see people go to exotic places, beautiful places. They travel beautiful places or even out of this country. Then they take a photo. And then they say, ask my maths teacher. to describe where I am, isn't it? And the reason why they're doing that is because the maths teacher, when they were in school, told them, you will never go far. You will never become anything. Because they used to get Ds. And it's not D for distinction. <laughs> they used to get Es. And it's not E for excellence. And so when they make it, they want to retaliate. So they say, tag my maths teacher, or tag my geography teacher, or tag my science teacher, or my physics teacher. Yeah, ask them, where, where am I? Mm, wh what is this? Where am I? <laughs> to show them that, look, whatever you said, you know, it never worked. But you can see, the reason why they're doing that they are, they are showing or they are demonstrating the principle of how powerful words are. That even at 50, you can remember what that teacher said about you. You can remember the words he used about your head and what is in your head. He said there's porridge in your head. And you see, for 50 years, you have seen so many things. You have gone through many experiences. You have met countless people. But you can still remember that somebody once said that inside your head, there is no brain. There is only brown porridge. So when you make it, you want to prove to that teacher that there is no porridge you know, in your head. It shows you the power of words. Words are powerful. Tell your neighbor, words are powerful. Derogatory words gnaw at our souls. Demeaning remarks, you know, about many things concerning our lives destroy us and fragment our souls. 
demeaning, demeaning remarks that were made about your physical appearance. They are still with you. You remember. That's why it has even altered your dressing. Because as you are dressing, you are thinking about what was said about your legs. True or not true? That's why you wear long dresses. Because <laughs> somebody said something about your dress, yeah, your legs. And you still remember. And you looked at your legs and you kind of agreed. <laughs> with what that person said. Or somebody said something about your eyes. And when you look at the mirror, you say, by the way, it's like it's true what they said. Or your ears, or your nose. And you kind of agree, isn't it? Or your belly. Yes. You know, when, when, when I was in school, I don't know if you guys were like me. When we were in school, everybody had something that people had something to say about. If it is not your stomach, it is your lips. <laughs> if it is not your lips, it is your height. If it is not your height, it is, it is, it is behind. There was nothing. <laughs> I mean, there was always, everybody had something. <laughs> Some people were told that you are ironed. You are not created. You, you, <laughs> you are ironed. <laughs> Look, if your neighbor is not laughing, just understand. I'm bringing memories. You know, I remember, I remember of a guy we were with, in school with. And man, it was not easy for him. You know, that guy had a very big nose. You know, this was, it was very big. A very big, big nose. And then the nostrils were very tiny. <laughs> I mean, God, God, God has a sense of humor. You know, they were very, very tiny. And, and sometimes when you are sitting next to him, you, you, you would think he has asthma. Because of the way he was struggling to breathe. The nose was big, but the nostrils were very, very tiny. And we used to make fun of him. It really affected him. I remember one time he cried. Yeah, he really cried. And the more he was crying, the more we are rubbing it in, I'm telling you. Because everybody knew everybody has his own day. So that was his day. Because <laughs> your day is also coming. <laughs> Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, the most interesting thing about all of us is you are not given everything. Yeah. You, you might pretend as if you have everything, but you're not given everything. Yeah. It's only that some things we cannot see them. I am telling you. Yeah, there are people who are short everywhere. Everything is short. I mean, everything is just... Oh, you don't want me to preach this month. <laughs> oh, Lord. I mean, you're not given everything. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes. And, and the reason why you're not given everything is because God wants you to remain humble. 
Ask your neighbor, are you okay with the preaching so far? Are you breathing? Oh, yes. Oh, we don't have everything. There are people who are short. There are people who are tall. All right? There are people who are thin. There are people who are dark. People who are chocolate. People who are brown. That's how God has created us. You, you don't have everything. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There are people, if they are to remove their shoes, you'll be surprised what you will see. Their shoes. If you look at the toes. Have you seen the leg of a bear? <laughs> I mean, you're not given everything. That's, that's how it is. That's how it is. It's, it's to make us remain humble. That's why we try to enhance things. We enhance, we enhance, we enhance, we enhance our faces. We enhance our skin color. We enhance, we enhance, we enhance. But look, sometimes you can enhance a part of you. But when somebody sees another part that you have not enhanced, he's wondering, what is going on? That's why it's good just to accept yourself the way you are. You get what I'm saying? Just accept yourself the way you are. I saw a video of a guy who had taken the lady out for swimming. <laughs> and the lady told the guy, I am not swimming. The guy said, no, 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 you have to swim. He said, no, 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 no. I don't want to swim. The guy insisted, you have to swim. I cannot take you out. We are having a good time. You have to swim. They said, no, no, no. I have to swim. So he said, okay. If you don't want to see me, it's fine. But greet me. The lady greeted the guy. The guy pulled the lady into the pool. When the lady came out of the water, the guy ran away. <laughs> I will not tell you what he saw on the face. The chlorine removed the thick Makeup. Huh? Or foundation or whatever it is. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, is this all about you? Or is this, is this everything? Or I should expect more, is it? But look, we don't have everything. So that we can remain humble. Hallelujah. You can remain. Um, you might think you have everything, but one time just ask somebody to record you while you're walking. Yeah. And then they should record you when you don't know, when you're just walking naturally. You will look at yourself and say, is this a monkey walking or a human being? I'm telling you. Anyway, moving on swiftly. If these things get into you, they really get into you. That's why you should be comfortable with who you are. But if these things really get into you, and you start wishing to have what you don't have, you lose confidence. It breaks you inside. Yeah, you even blame God. Why did you allow this to be like this in my life or in my body? Do you understand what I'm talking about? And human beings are never satisfied. 
The thing that you desire that somebody has, that person is desiring what you have. So we are never satisfied. You, you want this place to be a little bit like this. Somebody else is saying, no, the one I have is too big. I want it to be reduced. I wish I can have the one sister so-and-so has. So we are not satisfied. Yeah, but you should accept what you've been given so that it doesn't destroy you inside. Are we together, somebody? Talk to me. Are we together, somebody? So words, when people speak and point out all these you know, flaws, for lack of a better word, in, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our physical makeup, it, it affects us. It affects us. That's why you keep on remembering what they said about your hair, what they said about your forehead, what they said about your um, eyes, what they said about your nose, what they said about your lips, what they said about so many things about your life, and they affect you. David says this in Psalms chapter 64. Verse 1 to 4. Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked. From the rebellion of the workers of iniquity. Who sharpen their tongue like a sword. That's how people are. They sharpen their tongue like a sword. To point out all these flaws in your life. And bend their bows to shoot their arrows. Which arrows are these? Bitter words. And they mention all these things, they laugh at you, they point them out, and these things break you down and destroy you. And you carry wounds because of what was pointed out about your physical body. That they may shoot in secret at the blameless, suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. So you can see that they can use the words as swords, you know. To shoot at you. And you're blameless. You didn't create yourself. Did you create yourself? Come on, talk to me. Did you create yourself? No, you didn't create yourself. You didn't create yourself. I remember when I was in school, for me, I struggled with pimples. You know pimples? You don't, you don't know pimples? My pimples were not small. My pimples were big. Yeah. And they were not the pimples that you can squeeze out. You know the pimples that remain inside? So you just see a bump, but you don't see an opening to remove the bump over the place. They were everywhere. And people used to point them out, but me, I didn't care. I just told them, live with it. It's my face. Sometimes I look at my face and I wonder, where did they go? I don't even look like I had pimples. Yeah? Where did they go? I get surprised. Yeah? So they should not, some of these things, they should not bother you. You live your life. Tell your neighbor, live your life. If pimples have refused to go, let them stay. It is their problem. Ladies are very quiet here. If they refuse to go, let them stay. It is their problem. You live your life. Enjoy your life. But if you let people shoot arrows at you, talking about your eyes, talking about your height, talking about your nose, talking about your ears, talking about your complexion, it breaks you, destroys you. You lose confidence. And you can't do some things. You can't stand before people. You can't preach. You can't speak. Hmm? Some people cannot even smile. Una kwanga fani.
Tell your neighbor, live your life. Slap your neighbor, tell them, live your life. Numbers chapter 6, as I finish. Verse 22. God tells Moses, please make sure that you speak good words. Tell Aaron, rather, to speak good words over the children of Israel. Verse 23. Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, this is the way you should bless the children of Israel. Say to them, may the Lord bless you. To bless simply means power. To prosper. Hallelujah. This morning I bless you with power to prosper. In the name of Jesus. I say this morning I bless you with power to prosper. Despite of your physical deformities. May you prosper in Jesus name. If I can I tell you when you prosper people will not even see your deformities. When you prosper, people will not see your physical flaws. I prophesy prosperity over your life, over your business, over your house. In the name of Jesus, shout a louder amen in this house. Then he says, may the Lord keep you. To keep simply means to protect from harm. That no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. This morning, I declare, may God keep you from harm. May God keep you from danger. May God keep you from the attacks of the enemy. If you believe it, shout a louder, amen. Give somebody high five and tell them, I am covered. My family is covered. My children are covered. My home is covered. No weapon formed against me will prosper. No pedophile will attack my children. We are covered in the name of Jesus. Do you believe it? Shout aloud a yes. And then what else did he tell Aaron to tell the people? Next verse. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Next verse. May the Lord. Come on DJ. Move very quickly. Ooh. Ooh. Eh? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Oh, but pastor, you don't know I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling with my legs, I'm struggling with my face, I'm struggling with my eyes, I'm struggling with my nose, I'm struggling with my ears, I'm struggling with my fingers, my fingers are crooked, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling with my hands, my hands are not straight, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, but may the Lord cause his face to shine over your life. Do you know what that means? May the Lord favor you. I say may the Lord favor you. Favor covers your deformities. Favor covers your flaws. This morning, I prophesy favor upon your life in the name of Jesus. You will be chosen. You will be selected. Out of 100, you'll be the one selected. Out of 200, you'll be the one selected. Out of the 50 applying over the same job, you'll be the one selected in the name of Jesus. I smear you with God's favor. May his face shine. Shine upon you in the name of Jesus. Shout yes. Then he says, and may God be gracious to you. Do you know what that means? May he show you his goodness, his goodness and his mercies. 
Mercies is what you don't deserve. May God show you his goodness. Things that you didn't qualify for. May God show you his goodness. May you test or test and see that the Lord is good. May you, may you, may you wallow in God's goodness in the name of Jesus. May God bring good things your way. Not evil things, not bad things, not hurtful things. May God bring good things your way in the name of Jesus. I prophesy this week, may you dance for joy in your bedroom because of the goodness of the Lord. May you shout hallelujah in your office because of the goodness of the Lord. May you say glory in your car because of the goodness of the Lord. I release God's goodness upon your house. I release God's goodness upon your life. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Shout yeah. Shout a louder yes in the house. Then what does it say? The next verse, verse 26. The Lord lift up his countenance. Hey, isn't that amazing? These are the words. These are the, tell your neighbor, these are the words I'm receiving this morning. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. What does countenance mean? It means that may God give attention to your prayer. May God give attention to your cry. Every time you open your voice, may heaven hear you. Every time you pray, may God hear you. Every time you cry out to him, may God hear you. May the God of Jacob answer your prayer. May the God of Jacob defend you. May the God of Jacob receive your sacrifices. May God shift his attention towards you. Shout yes. It reminds me of Bartimaeus. He cried in a crowd and Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped because there was a cry that caught his attention. Even in this congregation, may God catch your voice. May God catch your cry. May God hear your voice. Shout yes. Every prayer you pray, may he answer you. Every intercession that you lift up before him, may he answer you. Every cry, may he answer you. Every cry that emanates from your heart, may he answer you. I prophesy before this year is over, may you see answers to your prayer. The prayers you prayed in January, February, March. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, and even partly November. May God answer your prayer. Shout yes. Clap your hands and celebrate answered prayers in your life. And lastly, may he give you peace. The peace that surpasses. Oh, human understanding. May that peace guard your heart. That's internal peace. And guard your mind. Let the peace of God, which surpasseth human understanding, all types of understanding, guard your heart and your mind. The Lord is speaking peace to you this morning. Every turbulence in your soul, May the peace of God calm it in the name of Jesus. Every form of brokenness, fragmentation, fragmentation in your soul. May the peace of God that surpasseth human understanding calm your fears this morning in the name of Jesus. 
receive peace. I say receive peace. This is not the peace that the world gives. This is the peace that God gives. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. There are people here, you're full of turmoil. You are disturbed within. You're not at rest. You're depressed. You didn't even sleep well last night. Receive the peace of God. May the peace of God calm your heart. May the peace of God calm your mind. May the peace of God bring rest and tranquility in your heart and mind in the name of Jesus. Not only in you, but peace in your house. Peace in your family. Peace in your marriage. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Everybody stand to your feet and raise your hands and just receive the words. In Numbers chapter 6, receive the power, receive protection, receive favor, receive goodness, receive answer to your prayer, and receive peace in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to talk to God. Respond to that word right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We receive it today. Mm, we receive it today in the name of Jesus. I feel like I need to pray with anyone. If you need prayer, just come here. Whichever way you want God to touch you. Step out of your seat and come to this altar. I want to pray for you. Maybe you need peace. Maybe you're bleeding. Maybe you're broken. Maybe your heart is disturbed by something. I want you to come and receive from God. Come to the altar right now. Open your heart to Jesus. Open your heart to God. He wants to touch you. He wants to repair your damaged soul, your broken soul. In the name of Jesus. The rest of us, let's just keep praying right now. In the name of Jesus. May God touch you. May God minister to you. Whatever you're going through, God knows. Whatever you're going through, God knows. Your heart is broken. Your soul is fragmented. You're grappling with issues, internal issues. You are abused. You are taken advantage of. Somebody, somebody destroyed something in you, broke something in you. Hallelujah. Receive the peace of God. Receive healing right now. As you come to this altar, just open your mouth and begin to pray to God right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, Father, touch these hearts. Touch these hearts. Touch these minds right now in the name of Jesus. Everybody pray. Everybody open your mouth and pray. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. There is nothing that is difficult with our God. You can bounce back. You can be whole. You can be whole. You can be whole. You can be whole. Your name can be changed. Your name can be changed. You can be whole. You can be whole. Yes, God can turn around that abuse. God can turn around that pain. You can be whole. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Release that pain at the altar right now. Release that shame at the altar right now. Whatever it is, release it in the name of Jesus. Bitterness, anger in your heart, in your soul. Release it right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Everybody pray. Everybody lift your voice and pray. If you're not here, pray for them that God will come through. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Allow the spirit to move. Allow the spirit to move. Allow the spirit to move. Allow the spirit to touch you. 
to go to every area, every part of your heart, of your mind, of your soul and touch you right now. Yes, bring healing. Bring healing, bring healing, bring healing right now. In the name of Jesus. Disconnect you from the shame. Disconnect you from the pain. Yes. Break the power of demeaning words over your life right now. In the name of Jesus. Break the power of demeaning words over your life right now and lose you. And lose you from every shackle, from every prison. Lose you from every prison. I lose you from every prison. Jesus, let your power touch your people. Let your power touch your children. Let your power break every chain and every power of the enemy. Oh, yes, over their lives. Anything that the enemy is using to keep you in prison, to keep you in pain, yes, to keep you in shame, let it be broken right now in the name of Jesus. My God, yes, my God. You have to be free. You have to be free. You have to be delivered. You have to be set free. You have to be free. You have to live here free. You have to leave this altar free in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Healing. Let healing flow. Let healing flow like a mighty river. Let healing flow like a mighty river. The balm of Gilead. The balm of Gilead. The balm of Gilead. The balm of Gilead. Bring healing. Bring healing. Take away the shame. Take away the shame. Repair every fragmented soul. Repair every broken heart. Right now. In the name of Jesus. We pray for peace. We pray for peace. Peace. Divine peace. The peace that Jesus gives. The peace that only God can give. The peace that only Jesus can give. The peace that can dispel every inner turmoil. The peace that can silence the voice of condemnation. The peace that can silence accusing voices in your mind and in your heart. The peace to wipe away every shame. The peace to bring healing. I pray for your healing this morning. Every brokenness in your heart, every brokenness in your soul, every brokenness in your mind. I pray for inner healing right now in the name of Jesus. Anything that you've been grappling with that has stopped you from shifting to the next level, I pray for healing right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. May your mind be healed. May your heart be healed. May your soul be healed. The devil is a liar. He can't keep you in that prison any longer. Tonight marks prison break in your life. You are breaking out of that prison. You are coming out of that chain. The chain, the chain, the chain of pain. The chain and shackles of shame in your life in the name of Jesus. I decree that you are free. I decree that you are free. I decree that the shame is gone. The pain is gone. In the name of Jesus. Your soul is healed. 
your heart is healed your mind is healed right now in the name of Jesus father touch their minds touch their hearts touch their soul in the name of Jesus let healing flow like a mighty river in the name of Jesus lift your hands and receive peace peace when peace like a river my way when sorrows like seas billows roll When peace, one more time. When peace, I, could I feel his presence here. Me to say it is well, it is well with my soul. that it is well with your soul I decree that it is well with your mind and I decree that it is well with your heart live here healed live here full of joy you will no longer be called desolate in the name of Jesus live here with the joy of the Lord with the beauty of God hallelujah I feel the presence of God here my God, my God, Brata Bashatalaba. Can somebody speak in tongues for a minute? Oh, Healing. God is going to your past and healing every instance. Every, everything, everything, everything. Oh, yes. He's healing, 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 healing. 
everything in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your past. My God. Everybody speak in tongues for a minute. Glory. Presence of God is here. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. It is well with my soul. Father, we thank you for healing, for touching us. Thank you for releasing your spirit to move in our hearts, deep, deep places in our hearts, places that we have not exposed to anyone. Deep, deep crevices of our hearts that we have never told anyone about deep, deep areas in our lives that we've struggled with for many years that nobody knows. Thank you for sending your spirit to go to those deep recesses of our hearts to heal us, to restore us, to mend every broken, broken heart and every fragmented soul to restore us to health, inner health. Thank you, Father. Thank you for sending your spirit. We are living here healed, delivered, and set free. In Jesus' name, we shout a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Let's give God honor and praise. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.